Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Channel 127. Welcome to Progress After Dark. Welcome to Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right wing bubble. I'm John Fugelsang here in Manhattan, New York City. Thea is producing us from Brooklyn. Chris, our executive producer, is being executive and production like down in South Carolina. And for the next couple hours, we're going to be with you right here on channel 127 at 866-997-4748. We would love to hear from you. Happy birthday to Coleman Hawkins, born this date in 1904. One of the first great jazz tenor saxophonists. I spent all day listening to his record with Ben Webster. Just great. If you, I'm telling you, if you're down, if it's a rainy day in New York, Coleman Hawkins or the John Coltrane record with Duke Ellington, either way. Rainy day, fall jazz. Trust me on this one. It's the birthday of Ken Griffey Jr. and Carly Rae Jespin, Troy Aikman, Lorna Luft. Harold Ramis was born in the state in 1944. North Carolina ratified the U.S. Constitution and was admitted as our 12th state on this date in 1789. And happy birthday one more time to Goldie Hawn. She is 78 years young. What? Gold yes, Goldie Hawn is 78 years young. I don't even know what to do with that information. And happy birthday one more time to our friend Marlo Thomas. Here's Joe Biden earlier today offering a few comments on that hostage ceasefire deal that appears to be very imminent between Hamas and Israel. We've been working on this intensively for weeks, as you all know. I've spoken recently about it with both the Prime Minister Netanyahu and the uh, Amir Qatar. My team is kind of the region shuttling, shuttling uh, between capitals. We, uh, we're now very close, very close. Uh, we could bring uh, some of these hostages home very soon. But I don't want to get into the, into the details of things because nothing is done until it's done. And uh, we have more to say. We will. But things are looking good at the moment. And again, you know what? If Biden deserves credit for this, we can guarantee he won't get it. But can you imagine if Donald Trump was the president? Can you can you imagine can you imagine if Trump was the president and they had somehow negotiated to let some hostages go? They all came up to me and said, Mr. Trump, oh, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, you, you got us freed. You got us freed. And, and can you please tell us about the Live Golf Tournament, Mr. Trump? Please tell us more. It's, it sounds just fantastic, Mr. Trump. And, 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 and as good as it feels to be released from being a hostage, I, I, I'm even happier about this Live Golf Tournament. Can you tell me more? You know he'd with, be doing it. With, with tears in their eyes, they came up to me. They said, <laughs> Mr. President... I really hope that we can get Phil Mickelson to come meet me at the White House. We're going to tee things off. You know, Gaza Strip, the Gaza Strip Trump golf course. Doesn't that, Gaza. Doesn't that, have, a, doesn't that have a great name, a ring to it, right? That's what they say. It's got a ring to it. Rings a bell. Gaza. 
Well, we did it. We brought them home, I guess. I guess they're happy. Let me go to uh, Lynn calling from West Virginia. Lynn, good evening and welcome. You're on Sirius XM. Hi. Well, good evening, Tom. Uh, good evening. Thank you. Thank uh, you. The most important thing I would like to say to the audience is to vote in every election because to be vote is to be equal to everyone else. Thank you. And only when we vote are we truly free. Yep. I really think the right to vote should never be taken away that when you register for selective service, when both, when all humans, let's just say human beings, register for selective service, then you should be automatically registered to vote to never to be taken yes. away. Or driver's license, too. Driver's license, too. Automatic registration. You know, like felonies, and vote from the inside. If you think about it, there's a voice that's not heard, because when you vote, you speak. Yes. You know, I know it's an impossible dream, but really, I really wish the federal government could take out by combining Social Security, which has our numbers, and Postal Service, which would be all kinds of wonderful voting locations. Preach. With these nice little machines, and, you know, your voting ID would be, like, me as a veteran, my yes. last name, my last four, and that's it. And, and let's... i my bodies I got to. Let's make it sweeter. Let's make it sweeter. Every American should be able to vote in the most easy way possible for them. And someday in my lifetime, I would love to see us be able to vote on our phones. That is the worst nightmare. Make it so easy to exercise the right. I want to go that far because we just saw two right wing judges yesterday rule that private citizens and groups like the NAACP can't sue over voter suppression. Like, they just overturned decades Again. of precedents Again. that protected people. we gotta, we got to vote. When we vote, we vote our people who hopefully vote out the other people that we don't, you know, it's, here, here's a good rap. Blood is red. Hair is gray. Use your head and vote, okay? Get it? <laughs> I'm sorry. Love it. I'll take it. And, uh, you know, because here in Virginia, God bless Virginia, we really turned the page, didn't we? And, uh, are, are you in Virginia or West Virginia? No, Virginia, West Virginia. I might have, I might be close to West Virginia. I'm in Richmond. Oh, you're Richmond. okay. Great, great, great. I thought you were West Virginia. My apologies. Well, God bless you. Thank you. I'm listen. Virginia is my mom's home state. I'm half Virginian, and I am so in in love with Virginia after what we saw last week with the legislature. I mean, really well Virginia, done. Okay, let me explain Virginia to all the audience. The okay. Alpha and Omega of the nation. The great contradiction, men of freedom who were slavers, Jefferson yep. sold for the children, yada, yada. Yep. You know, Richmond, the great contradiction. We have such progress here, such progress. Yes. Really, we do. I mean, you know, when you see Virginia, you see purple, and I know it's purple, but it's good. It's a good purple. It's I agree. purple. I agree. First African-American you know, governor. Yeah, and I have met people close. You know, in Youngkin's inner circle, he's not a bad guy. He's just one of the rich Virginians, like like me. Yeah, I get it. Great I get it. Great man did everything, but blackface. Yeah. I'm in a native. No, no, no I, listen. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to. I know you got to go. I'm going to no, I'm just going to say I, I, for all the blackface nonsense, I think Ralph Northam is morally considerably more evolved than Glenn Youngkin, if you don't mind my saying so. He's Ralph Northam man. doesn't want to throw women in jail for abortion. A key debt from VMI. I actually met uh, the guy running for state senate in my area. I can't think of his name right now because I'm amazed I got through. 
when a kid get a African American, I wish people would say American African, American European, American Chinese, American okay. first. We're all American. We're the most, most wonderful nation. Blood is red, hair is gray. Use your head and vote, okay? I like it even more the second time. Thank you so much, Lynn, and uh, congratulations, and thank you again for getting the vote out last week. Uh, Virginia keeps making me very proud to be from there. Have a great, great evening. We are at 866-997-4748-866-997. Before the break, Charles in Miami. Charles, thank you so much for waiting on hold. You are on progress. Good evening. How you doing, John? How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm glad I got on today because I've been holding since yesterday, but it's okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's all good. It's all good. No, um, I wanted to call and um, I, I guess listen to Trump and the rest of the flunkies and all how they want to change America. <laughs> I mean, you know, where's where, where the, where, the Democrat in saying that, you know, we want to change America too. But, I mean, you know, what, what can a government what, what can a democratic government give to you? Well, I mean, I think the Democrats have been fighting for that. They've been trying really hard. I mean, protecting women's abortion rights, having paid family leave, student loan debt forgiveness. The Democrats are trying and expanding Obamacare, getting Medicare to be able to negotiate for lower drug prices, hearing aids now available over the counter. I mean, what you know, I always say if the Republican Party had policies they really wanted to enact that would improve the lives of non-millionaires, they'd never shut up talking about it. But I never hear Republicans talking about the policies they want to do that'll make non-millionaires' lives better. And I mean never. They never talk about their policies. They talk about Hunter Biden and his laptop. Well, right. We know they, they don't. But um, like in Miami, they got to say it. Like when you have these, you know, these kids that's unruly, out of hand, or they may get in trouble with the law. You know, we, um, they, they used to... Growing up, they used to say, well, we have too much times on our hands. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting into all this mischief. And I feel like the Republicans, you know, um, wanted to take all of this money to subvert our government to actually stop whatever um, progress that we're trying to make in this country where everyone has a fair shot at the table. They have too much money on their hands. Um, yeah. We ought to tax them. We ought to raise the taxes to at least, I mean, hey, Make a corporate or, or or a high income tax of fifty percent, because they're taking all of this. First of all, they they don't want to pay taxes. That's they don't right. want the IRS investigating them. And Correct. as soon as we get and and, it's, and right now with all these jobs that's created and the uh, and um, you know how good this economy is going, if they were to take over, the first thing they would ask for is a tax cut. So basically, yeah, what we exactly. need to do is. And, and they're taking this money. They're bribing the Supreme Court. They you know, are. Any way you want to put it, they're bribing these uh, Republican senators and congressmen to make these stupid, evil laws that's actually hurting people's lives. So what I'm saying is, make first of all, the first thing we should do is set, um, is, is set the tax rate up back to 50% because they have too much money on their hands. And now, just so people understand, just so people understand, when, when Eisenhower when Eisenhower was president, the tax rate for the wealthiest Americans was ninety percent. 
JFK lowered it down to 70 percent. I think under Nixon, it went down to 50 percent. Reagan brought it down to 28 percent. And our economy suffered so badly, Reagan had to raise taxes 11 times. But since then, we have struggled and fought in this country between 36 percent and 39 percent. So whenever conservatives say, oh, JFK wanted to cut taxes on the wealthy, I'm like, yeah, down to 70 percent. Let's go up to 70 percent and agree on JFK tax code. I'm there with you. And, and with all that money that you would have as potential revenue, then we wouldn't have, then first of all, you could take all that money and go put it to his health care, whether you want to beef up Medicare for all, or you want to have this universal system. And, and we make the stipulation that whatever spending that they're getting now for the military, they keep getting that type of spending. But they can't nice. get it from the, you know, from the um, tax increase. And, and most of all, the most important thing, I think, besides that, we have to disband these cor- the corporate media complex. The corporate well, media, I think, good luck. is actually what, well, I mean, it, it's the corporate, we, we don't good have luck. a voice in the corporate media as far as... Per, no, as no, Howard, the yeah, Howard yeah. Dean, How, Howard Dean in 2004 said, we're going to break up the corporate media mon- monoliths. And a week later, when he lost the Iowa caucus and went, Row! the corporate media buried him with the audio of his scream. I mean, that's what he got for suggesting breaking up those monoliths. That'll happen someday, but not in the near future. I think that's the one thing that's separating people from actually learning what the Republicans are doing. Besides, mm, you know, Fox News and the propaganda and the, and the social, um, you know, all the lies on, you know, and mistruths in the social media. I, I, I hear just you, man. That has, that has to be addressed first. We got to run, but I thank you, Charles, for your call, as always, and I hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're still on hold, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back and take your calls. Going to be taking your calls for the next hour, in fact, all the way until midnight on the East Coast, 9 p.m. on the Pacific, joined by our comedy daddy, Keith Price, in the next hour. We're still having a lot. We haven't even got started on today's news yet. This is Progress. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. (laughs) 
This is SiriusXM. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Tell Me Everything, bringing good trouble to the right-wing bubble. Let's go to Mitch in Kent State before the break. Quick reminder, we'll be back in the next hour with Keith Price for a full hour of your calls as we head into the Thanksgiving weekend. Mitch, how are you, sir? Good, thank you. And again, thank you, and thank Chris, and thank Thea. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. You know, I really appreciate uh, you let me ramble on with my incoherent ramblings, but uh, I uh, really appreciate it. <laughs> Your I, rantings uh, are very, very coherent, sir. I thank you for glassing <laughs> up our show. I appreciate it. John, you know, uh, speaking of Kennedy, you know, uh, I was in sixth grade. Um, my teacher was a Republican, stout Republican. I'll never forget when he was shot. He was just got back from lunch. And uh, just broke down. I mean, we just, it was just, even for a Republican, it was, it was a different time then. I don't know. Uh, you know really? The, the country came together, uh, you know, whether you were, uh, which side of the aisle you are on. But you know what, John? I always see the yin and yang to this, because on that same day in England, the Beatles released with the Beatles on the same That's day. That's right. That's um, right. You know, so it was, uh, you know, I'll... You know, the complete uh, opposite of uh, sadness, you know, the Beatles brought us happiness. And so, uh, yeah. you know, there was... <laughs> and the Beatles came right after right after that. I mean, I right. I appreciate hearing about this because, I, you know, I, I wasn't around for JFK. I remember when President Reagan was shot. I remember when John Lennon and Anwar Sadat and the Pope were shot. I, If you were an 80s kid, they were showing people all the time. But uh, nothing, yeah. nothing in our experience ever came close to... Not even John Lennon ever came close to what the entire nation and the world went through with Kennedy's loss. Just incredible. Right. I think I it's mean, 60 years tomorrow. Yeah, you have four days of the TV, just nothing but the, uh, the services and the funeral and everything. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, it all flashes back. But, you know, John, as far as, you know, family, you know, arguments, uh, we, on my side, you know, we got Republicans on one side and the Democrats on the other. But it was just, it was ebb and flow, ebb and flow. When Robert yeah. Kennedy was shot and Martin Luther King and Vietnam, you know, mm-hmm. just just one thing after the other. But, but nowadays, it just seems different with with with, with this Trumpism. It's really it's taken taken to a whole new level. I swear. I, I mean, I have a brother who's a, a borderline MAGA, and really, I mean, we have a hard time. You know, we used to have a lot of things in common. You know, yeah. you know, but things, but 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 now there's that that, that just that overtone that. Uh, but again, you don't have to talk politics. You don't. You don't have to talk politics with them, and you know you got to be the big brother and and guide them and avoid the fight and let them have a good time. If you view it as, hey, I'm going to be the liberal and I'm going to look out for people, even people who don't like me, then be the liberal and uh, hold their hands through it. You're not going to win a fight, but you can come off looking like the mature, sensitive, understanding one to the rest of the family, and that's sort of the point of all of this. I'm sorry about your brother, but I know you are a charming, loving man, and you will remind him of what he liked about you in the first place, Mitch. Thank you for calling. A great happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. We are at 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT, taking your calls for the next hour. Major storms, by the way, are about to hit potentially record traffic numbers. It looks like in many parts of the East Coast, Thanksgiving travel may be a nightmare like the old days. Please plan ahead if you're going to be on the road. Of course, if you're taking a plane, really plan ahead. A series of storms is going to be striking a large part of the country this week. It's already begun here in the Northeast. Severe weather, powerful thunderstorms and reports of tornadoes from eastern Texas to the lower Mississippi Valley. There's a storm system working from the southern plains to the northeast U.S. through tomorrow night. And they think a record 55.5 million people will be traveling 50 miles or more. 
between tomorrow and Sunday. That's what AAA thinks. The TSA estimates they're going to screen around 30 million passengers between November 17th and November 28th. TSA thinks this coming Sunday could be its busiest day ever. If you are traveling, leave very early. Please give yourself the time. If you're driving, leave very early. Uh, The best times to drive on Thanksgiving are before 10 a.m. and after 5 p.m., according to AAA. I'm John Fugelsang. This is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT is our number. Bruce in Virginia, thank you for your patience on hold. You're on Sirius XM. Oh, hi there. How's it going? Hey, man. Oh, this How is are actually, you? Yeah, good. This is actually Bruce in California. But uh, Oh, I'm so sorry, Bruce in California. Forgive me for, mis- for misstating no, I, 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 I That's why I was going. I, I, okay. <laughs> no. Um, before I get to what I wanted to talk about. Um, you brought up, I haven't talked to you since you, it was Patrick Klein's birthday. And yes, I, you, yeah, I got into Patrick Klein about 1977. I'm an older guy. I'm like, I'm going to be like uh, 70 next year. So I'm old. Right on. But, um, okay. If you say so, it doesn't I, sound I, old, but go on. I love all music. I'm not, I'm like, uh, uh, Duke Ellington, what he said. Right on. Music. Yeah. Right on. But, um, but I like a lot of um, her deeper cuts. Well, they're not, I don't know how deep they are, but like um, Honky Talk, Merry-Go-Round, and When mm-hmm. I Get Through With You, and um, Three Cigarettes and an Ashtray. And, yeah. And, but my my, my favorite uh, Patsy Klein song is probably uh, Back in Baby's Arm. I just think that's just such a pop-perfect I agree. Like, that song is in the that. movie. That, I think that song's in the movie uh, Natural Born Killers, too. Okay, I, I never. Yeah, hard to believe that's yeah, sixty commercial. years this year. I mean, nineteen sixty-three began with Patsy Klein's death and ended with JFK's death. Yes, I remember. Oh, the JFK. I was uh, I was sick that day. I was in the uh, I was in the fifth grade. Okay, crazy. Yes, it right just, on. That uh, was a terrible. I, you know, I've lived through all being old. I mean, I've had the uh, you know I've lived through the uh, Martin Luther King. I remember that was a crazy thing. My, I was, uh, my dad picked me up from Little League practice and told me. I mean, that was just crazy. And then wow, incredible. Yeah. Just, you know, there's times I, I I'm really, there's oh, times I'm, I'm really glad. Yeah. There's times I'm really glad I was born when I was born and I missed so much history. You know, yeah. it was it was bad enough for me as a kid with John Lennon and Anwar Sadat and, and the Pope. I'm, I'm really glad I missed RFK and... and and Malcolm X and, and, and Martin Luther King. And it just, it just sounds like the 60s were a painful decade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, we had, uh, we had Nixon and, yeah, yeah it was well, painful. And Vietnam and Johnson yeah. lied, us, uh, lied about That's right. Vietnam and Nixon didn't help. And All true, man. Yeah. All true. <laughs> well, but, but um, you know, hey, 60 I, years later, and I'm glad you're still here. Yeah. But I did call about, you said it was Voltaire's birthday? It is. Yes. Uh, one of the, the quote, I'm sure, I know you know this quote. What is it? Those who can make you believe what is absurdities. It? Uh, absurdities. absurdities can make can get you to commit uh, atrocities. I that's mean, if it. that is not, I mean, that is that's today. I mean, it's what we oh, got. Let me give you an even better one for today. But he said, he said, it is difficult to free fools from the chains they revere. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. MAGA to a T. Uh, oh yeah, it's just it's uh, I 
this next year is going to be crazy. It's going to be a crazy year. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a great year for democracy. People are going to get more and more engaged to vote. People are not going to want to stay home next year. You know who's going to want to stay home next year? Uh, Trump supporters, if Trump doesn't get the nomination, they'll be staying home if it's Nikki Haley. But otherwise, Donald Trump has seven criminal trials, and there's going to be a lot of primaries, and it's going to be a very eventful year. I think it's going to be a great year for democracy, and I think Joe Biden's going to be reelected in a year. I sure. Oh, I yeah, definitely. I mean, if if the media doesn't, I mean, the media. There, I mean, it's just crazy. Uh, I know. You know, uh, I know. On, his, on his birthday, I mean, the first, all the, the I don't know it was CNN. I just was on my phone. The, you know, stupid headline about his day. I mean, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> well, I thank you for the call, man. I do appreciate it. Have a good evening. Yeah. We are at 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRIT. I want to play a quick little clip, if you don't mind. This is from 10 years ago. This is a clip I just found earlier today that I sent over to Chris. And this is Jimmy Carter uh, being interviewed back in 2013. And uh, just give a quick list of this. You know, it, it makes it, it's the sort of thing that makes you wish Jimmy Carter was around right now to go over and be an envoy for peace. But he says he met several times with the Hamas leadership and said that they would be willing to accept the existence of Israel. But it was Netanyahu who wanted to make sure that could never happen. You may not be surprised by this conversation. This is Jimmy Carter with uh, oh, our old buddy Piers Morgan. Give a listen. I think more than any other episode or incident or situation on earth, this is the most uh, directly uh, affecting adversely America in not bringing peace to Israel and, and justice and peace to the Palestinians, yes. Can because, any, can any, I mean, you, you obviously were very successful in bringing peace with yes. Israel and Egypt. Can any deal be done that doesn't involve sitting across a table with Hamas? I've met several times with Hamas leadership. And I think they are willing to accept Israel to exist peacefully within the 67 borders or some modification of those borders. Uh, but the first step has to be to bring Hamas and Fatah together so they can have another honest election. That is a major uh, premise. And I think the 67 borders between the two with some modifications uh, will lead to a two-state solution. Uh, Netanyahu now, I believe, has decided unequivocally to move to a one-state solution, which every one of his predecessors in the prime ministership have condemned as a disaster for Israel. And I think Israel is now moving toward a disaster for itself and insisting that all the way from the Jordan River to the, to the Mediterranean Sea has to be Israeli controlled. Ten years ago, Jimmy Carter called exactly what was going to happen. Meanwhile, today, I'd like to play you one more clip before our next break. This is State Department spokesman Matt Miller. And they asked him again if the U.S. really believes the IDF are upholding international law because uh, there's a really large number of civilians killed. And when I say a large number of civilians, I mean 4,000 children alone. Here's Matt Miller. 5,500 Palestinian children have died thus far. You think the Israelis are abiding by the laws of war? So I will say that it is a tragedy how many people have died in Gaza. It's a tragedy how many children have died, especially. Um, As the secretary has said, it is our belief that far too many Palestinian civilians have been killed as a result of this conflict. Um, We continue to engage with the government of Israel about steps 
we believe they should take to minimize civilian casualties. It is an ongoing conversation between our two governments, um, and we continue to engage with them on uh, every possible measure they can take to ensure that civilians are not in harm's way as they conduct legitimate military operations. And I do want to remind everyone again that the reason why this is so difficult, difficult even in, in, in most conflicts, is because Hamas embeds itself inside civilian targets. And so Israel faces this uh, difficult situation where there are legitimate military targets terrorists who launched an attack against the Israeli public and who have said they want to continue launching terrorist attacks against the Israeli public and, in fact, continue to launch rockets, even in the past few days, against the Israeli public. And Israel has a right and obligation to, tr to take military action to try to bring those terrorists to justice, but their burden is in no way lessened to minimize civilian harm. And so that is what we continue to emphasize to them in all of our conversations with them, including concrete steps uh, about how they can do that. Did that sound like getting away with having it both ways to you? Because to me it sounded like almost getting away with having it both ways, but not quite. We are at 866-997-4748. We're going to take a really quick break. We'll be right back with your calls and the great comedy daddy himself, Keith Price, in just a moment. 866-997-GRIT. This is Progress. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hey all, Glenn Kirshner here. Friends, I hope you'll join me on my audio podcast, Justice Matters. We talk about not only the legal issues of the day, but we also talk about the need to reform ethics in our government. Here's one example, the oath of office. You know the one. I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Let's add 22 words to that oath. Quote, and I will promptly report any instances of crime and or corruption by government officials and employees of which I become aware. Friends, our democracy is worth fighting for. Join us in this fight. Because justice matters. Look for Justice Matters wherever you ordinarily find your podcasts. I'm John Fugelsag. This is Sirius XM Progress. We are at 866-997-4748 and taking your calls on how you avoid bloodshed 
on Thanksgiving with those certain relatives. 866-997-GRIT is our number. I am so pleased, people of Earth, to welcome our next guest back to the show. I've been a fan of Keith Price since back in the day when he was hosting the morning show on the late lamented, dearly departed uh, uh, LGBTQ channel, OutQ. Man, I miss that channel sometimes. Keith, of course, is a great broadcaster, a great comedian, a terrific, terrific artist in every sense of the word. You should listen to his Broadway-focused Instagram, Keith Price's Curtain Call. Comedy Daddy, welcome back. Hello, hello, darlings. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. How are Happy you? I'm groovy. I'm very groovy. I, I'm glad that you're going to be doing, we were just talking off air about how we're going to make this holiday chill. <laughs> like, it's like, yes. there's not going to be any stress. <laughs> there's not going to be any hassle. I, Folks, I was telling Keith during the break that this year for 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 Thanksgiving, I want to call it Halloween. For Thanksgiving, we are doing nothing. We are doing like we might take our horrible child to go see that Disney musical, but like not doing the Thanksgiving parade. We live around the corner from it. Not doing it. Not cooking. We're reheating. Not having a ton of people over. Not trying to. Imp- I, I said to Keith, "What's the point of being a, a, a an orphan if I can't completely blow off Thanksgiving every now and then?" So yes, I am. I love the day. I am very grateful for being able to fake my way through Thanksgiving this year. What What are you doing, sir? I am planning on apartment sitting and dog sitting with friends, and then there's the friendsgiving thing. So I'm like, oh, okay. Let me find a side dish. <laughs> I'll be. With the, I'll be. <laughs> Is in that place what they call the it now? Huh? I'll be in a place with the kitchen. I'll make something really nice <laughs> that I saw on the <laughs> internet. <laughs> With raisins. I'm glad you're having a good one. I'm glad you're having a good one. And and dog so, sitting, yeah. too. That'll be nice. It'll be fun. I love What's those that? dogs. Okay. Yeah. I love those dogs. They're my, part of my little extra extended family, which is nice. Keith, kind of nice. this is the part where I have to check in, uh, do, do the Broadway check-in with you and see how, how is the New York theater yeah. scene looking? How are we doing? How's the our economy? Scene, the, well, the economy is still booming for theater. People are still going to see shows. All those shows are still closing. Mm-hmm. Which is still sad about because I just told you I was I came back from watching Some Like It Hot again last Friday and it you was saw just, it for a second a second time second time and I'm going to see it again before the, the month is out I'm insane for let the me show. tell everybody out there when 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 Keith told me when Keith told me a couple of months ago to go see the musical of Some Like It Hot I politely said oh yeah I'll do that because you know the <laughs> score when they take a classic movie they take a great script and they turn it into a musical you know it's going to be garbage you know it's going to be like one good song and nine tracks of filler as they rape a corpse of a once great viable piece of art I was so nervous to go holy crap it's better than the movie the Broadway musical goes to places brave places that Billy Wilder couldn't have imagined going Keith I love what they did with that musical they made it, it better fabulous. on stage it was great and it's, yeah. it's again sad that it's closing at the end of december but you know it's gonna there hopefully is a tour and then they're also talking about a west end production so that'll be great and speaking of movies to to uh stage spam a lot opened just this past week and i got to see it last week that's last right weekend. and wow what a happy wonderful show and i'm telling you like you know the same kind of joy that you had leaving some like it hot. It, it's mm-hmm. it is that same kind of realm of just overall glad to have spent a few hours 
at a musical. You enjoy absolutely yeah. everything. The songs are really great and they're fun and funny. The actors are insane. James Monroe Iglehart, Leslie Rodriguez Kritzer. Oh my God. And for um, those who don't know, because are. because not everyone's in New York, a Spamalot is is Eric Idle's musical stage adaptation of Monty Python and the Holy Grail, which opened right. what was it, fifteen years? I, I lived in LA when it opened the first time, so I never got to see it it's the first time. Twenty. I think it's twenty. That 20. shows twenty years okay. old. And this revival is they've revived it in such a nice way that it's like they've included elements that they couldn't have included before and it still rings true and still is funny as all get out michael yuri is in i mean it's like all kinds of like names are in and out of the show it's it's mm -hmm. beautiful it's beautiful and it's worth you know trying to get a ticket to see it because it's another piece of joy on broadway at least as far as i'm concerned so you know those are my my big picks you know how i love me some of them it's yes, amazing. I do. Keith, I, I'm glad you're here because I'm a little worried, Keith. I need, I need to talk to you about something. Uh, it well, turns out the Democrats seem to be doing a better job raising money for campaigns than the Republicans this year. Um, the Republicans ended o October with $37.3 in cash after raising $75.1 this year. The Republicans have raised $75 million this year. The Democrats, the DCCC... Uh -huh. Took in forty-seven million cash in October after raising one hundred one point three million so far. I think the reason for this is that people are not donating to the Republican Party; they're donating to Donald Trump's Save America PAC, which he's using <laughs> to pay his lawyers. Literally, the Republicans are lagging so far behind the Democrats in fundraising because a lot of people are just giving it right to Donald Trump's defense lawyers, Keith. Wow. And good good spending for them. That's fantastic. I think that's exactly. Wonderful. I believe in redistribution of wealth. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because, you know, all those wealthy people that do support him <laughs> are donating mm -hmm. all these big dollars. You know, what's so sad is that I think even like the what is it? The rats are starting to jump ship now. I feel like that's what kind of, of because at this point now. You know, the fundraising thing is is where, you know, the Democrats, it seems that it's being people are paying attention to what's happening. And now yes. they're trying to find different ways to try to help it wherever they can, you know, like donating five dollars to somebody that's going against Lord Boebert or go, you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a, it's like there's all these little ways now that people are now trying to find ways to do things to try to fix what's going on, or at least make these options available. And so, you know, the, well, the Republican the Party is playing the same game, so they don't really need to spend that much money. So like, the fact that they're not raising as much means that they can manage with what they have and still do right. the same shitty job. So, you know, it's like, well, it's interesting because they, the GOP picked up a little bit more money in the last month over Trump's shiny new exposed Johnson. Uh, and Mike Johnson just met with Trump last night at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. So um, they're they're you know, look, for people who might have thought he really was Christian, he won't stop showing us what he's really made of. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I think he's a bigger threat to our democracy than Donald Trump, because Donald Trump might be president. Mike Johnson's second in line for the presidency right now. Mike Johnson is a person who has made a career supporting torture, gay reparative therapy for children. Uh, he believes in a view of the Bible that has nothing to do with the Jesus character in the Bible. And it seems like uh, he's going to be our speaker for quite a while. I, I, I literally can't believe in a country where 70 percent of us, Keith, support marriage equality. 
they found a way to have the most backwards 19th century gay hater represent the Congress for the Republicans. Again, and where is the outrage from the log cabin Republicans? You know what I'm saying? Like, Good point, man. Like, Good point. Like, shouldn't they be angry at least a little bit? But they're they're um, remarkably silent, you know, at this mm-hmm. point. And so, I, I, again, the interests of, of our life is being dealt and handled by these fucking morons. And it's getting very scary. <laughs> No, it's getting it's getting scary because you know everybody's like, "Ooh, the election! Ooh, there's going to be so much change in 2024." Do you realize that we still have not addressed how people are being able to vote in this country? Still, I know from the last yeah. two elections, like nobody has bothered to fix any of those things. They've not brought it to our attention that certain things, like you know, districts have been redone, so polling mm-hmm. places are different like we're we're not having those discussions right now and we really should because there's so much doubt that's already been cast on the election process thanks to you know who and all of this right. and that's so now right. it's it's bringing a lot of of doubt into the system that never should have been there in the first place and people are now starting to respond to that and it's like it's nice that they want to get out and vote, but we have to make sure that our, the vote is actually secure because I know these clowns spent all their time and energy trying to upend how people could vote. So, like, you know, we certainly can't expect that they've worked at upending it and we have not gone back to fix it. So Boom. You know, I'm I'm hopeful again, as you say, but if we don't fix that portion, I don't know how we'll be able to survive it. Because, you know, Keith, we yeah, can't yeah, you're right. Another, you know, we you're can't right. afford another what's her face, you know, uh, the Green Party woman messing Jill Stein. Messing up yeah. Like we can't yeah. afford to have any of that foolishness happening right now. And Keith, you know, uh, yes, the election yeah. is going to be that way. I am just bromancing on you so hard, Keith. I am uh-huh. bromancing on you. So I, we're, I'm, I'm bro dependent. I am bro dependent at this point because of you. <laughs> Do you want to talk to some of our listeners? We have a sure. number of our evil, evil army of the night sure. has called in to join us. We are at 866-997-4748. Rachel in Los Angeles, you're on with Keith Price. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to both of you. Hi. Oh, same, honey. How is Rachel? Hi. <laughs> Um, you guys, I, I, because it's Thanksgiving, I'm just going to not, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk about stuff that's bugging me, except that Okay. I guess I have to, I mean, this thing with blaming Biden for everything. And now he just freaking, you know, he does stuff behind the scenes. Like he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. With the hostage. Yes. Yeah. You know, we literally went from the least experienced president in history to the most experienced person ever elected president. Yeah, and and like certain of my favorite people that like who I love say things like, "Oh, he's out of touch," or Hillary Clinton just isn't in touch with what's really going on. Like, yeah, these people know uh, you can't just give a complete ceasefire to Hamas, like because they vowed to do it over and over again. And it, I really am into Ben Glebe right now. I I, I just it's not. Like, I love Ben Glebe. You know, yeah, I, I I'm become very aware of him and. Um, what about him? Anyway, what about Ben? Ben's a terri- ben, ben is a terrific. Co- he's a terrific comic and podcast host and, and and game show host. What about Ben? Have you been uh, turned on to his whole take on on Israel and what's happening and how? Oh, yeah. you know he's having fights with his own friends and there's this big disagreement and you know like I love Jamal Bowman for instance. I just saw him on TV and there's some people like when he's talking he doesn't 
he's, I feel like he's coming from a thing where somehow it's Israel's, everything is Israel's fault. They were the people who are attacked. What are they supposed to do that their attackers engineer everything where they use human shields on them? Don't just assume. But I mean, but Rachel, but you get, you get, but you get that it's possible to really not like the apartheid conditions that the Palestinians have lived under for decades while also thinking Hamas are a bunch of Nazi, evil, terrorist, yeah. murdering motherfuckers. Like, I, I, do. I, I, I don't think October 7th happened in a vacuum. The Palestinian suffering has been well documented and debated for a very, very long time. I happen to think that Hamas are the worst possible people to, to help because I don't think Hamas cares at all about the plight of the Palestinians, nor does their That's the leadership right. or the people who bankroll them. No, I think they feel the same. I mean, almost the same. But they're anyway. I, I don't want to, you know, be dragged down in this in this thing because it's like we all want peace. I think not all of us, but, Keith. Yeah. Do we, Keith, do we all want peace? I don't think so. Well, I I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know who doesn't want peace? Hamas doesn't want peace, and Netanyahu don't yeah. want peace because yeah. peace puts guys like that out of business. True, true. But did you hear about this Robert De Niro? Okay, so here's a light thing. Did you guys hear this Robert De Niro lawsuit like from a couple weeks ago? With his assistant? Yes! <laughs> okay, Keith, did you hear about Robert De Niro? Let's, let's, we're going to go to a completely different area now of celebrity scandal. Did you hear about Robert De Niro's personal assistant lawsuit? It's been in all the New York uh, tabloids. I, I, have, I have not followed the story, so oh my God. you might have to fill me in. What made you think of that? Well, I, it's just like you're reading it, and it's like you really wish there was a camera in the courtroom because he's just so unruly. I mean, like he's suing her for flight miles, for, for miles. He wants his miles from his old assistant. She she apparently took like millions of dollars worth of flight miles from him. Yes. Yeah. And he wants them back. And like <laughs> she he, he bursts out in the court. Like he'll say things like, you're a spoiled brat. Just start yelling at her. Or like, yes. Me. Yeah. yeah. But he, he lost. He, he But De Niro has lost that case. He has settled, right? Oh, really? Yes. He has settled. I didn't know it. that. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well. I was reading it. I was just like, I wish I could have seen this happening. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Me yeah. too. Although, uh, you know what? Go see Robert De Niro in the Martin Scorsese movie. He's going to get a Best Supporting Actor Oscar nomination. It's the best villain role of his career. I'd rather watch him play a racist villain in a Western than watch him play a bad boss in court. <laughs> just me. But. Um, I, I, I started watching that Tombstone thingy. What's that thing? You know, that Western thing that's on on Sunday night Tombs now. Tombstone? Is that Tombstone? Yellowstone. 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 <laughs> There's two different things. Yeah, uh, Tombstone, Tombstone is a movie about Wyatt Earp and the gunfight at the OK Corral. <laughs> Yellowstone stars Kevin Costner, uh, who, who played Wyatt Earp in a different movie called Wyatt Earp. Well, and Henry Fonda played him in, in uh, My Darling Clementine. Am I right, Keith? I'm, I'm trying to cover everything here. I think so. Yes. I'll have to let me Google. <laughs> yes. Uh, but you should, T Tombstone is one of Bob Dylan's favorite movies. And it's, uh, it's, it's a solid B picture that has developed a great cult following over the years because a uh, great Val Kilmer performance as Doc Holliday, but also oh, a great Dennis Quaid performance as Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp, too. Listen, on the Yellowstone thing, I was horrified because I was getting into this show and they have a kid learn and teach him how to shoot a gun and they rub blood all over his face and everything. Like, it was Is it weird. in the context of hunting or are they in some kind of religious cult? I haven't seen the episode no, you're like, talking about. they're like cowboy thing. It's like their cowboy thing with, these, with their little children. Like, they, and they showed mm. it. It was like a big, long scene. Okay. 
Like, well, that, one of my liberal friends, like, I mentioned her. We were out to dinner, and I was like, I'm watching two, that, that thing, Yellowstone. And Yellowstone. She, goes, she was like, gave me a, like, pause. She was like, ugh. Like, she, <laughs> okay. I, 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 that I haven't seen it. On the kid's face. I I couldn't help you, Rach. I'm sorry. I, I did watch the preview, the the, the prequel show, uh, 1923 with Harrison Ford and uh, and Helen Mirren. That's really good. Haven't watched the Kevin Costner show yet, so I have no idea if I should be offended by what you're telling me or not. I'm sucked into it, but like that was weird. Like. Anyway. Okay, well, I'll stop. Sounds weird. Let me tell you, there's parties at Chris's what? house where people rub blood on their face. So, but but it maybe children <laughs> crosses a line. I agree. Thank you so right. much, Happy Rachel. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. 866-997-47. <laughs> a little eggnog, Rachel. Come yeah, on. Yeah, Hurricane Rachel has come and gone. I wow. I don't even know where to where to begin with that. I'm gonna <laughs> a little Kiko girl. Get something. <laughs> gonna have dreams about the first half and the last half of her conversation. Stephen in Kentucky, you're on with the great Keith. Price, oh, happy Thanksgiving, Stephen. Hello, how are you? Hello. Better now, thank you. How are you? I'm doing all right. I don't understand why, uh, you know, you mentioned a remedy for the holidays. Well, I mean, for heaven's sake, just invite Jack Daniels to your party, and of course everything will be all right, you know. Is that a good way to get along with right-wing loved ones, just everyone get drunk together and, and cry well, about Grandma? I yeah? Maybe because that's is. just truth serum. Yeah. That could backfire real quick. I mean, I would say maybe like maybe this is the one time when you pass around a hash pipe with your loved ones. Maybe maybe bring some hallucinogenic mushrooms and have everyone just, you know, staring at at, at the rug for four hours and, and realizing that death is an illusion. I mean, maybe whiskey is not what you want to introduce to a politically volatile family gathering. I'm just saying, Stephen. Well, I don't really, uh, to be honest, at this point, with everything going on right now, to be honest, I don't really give a damn about the political stuff at this <laughs> point. You were mentioning, uh, we were talking about Mrs. Carter last night, and I did want yes. to just add as well, I think that it should be said, and I think the press should also be taken to task for this, too. You know, this woman was... Uh, she was ahead of her time. And it always amazes me that the feminist movement that actually praised her in 1976 as being outside the box as a woman uh, in terms of, you know, she wasn't a homemaker. She wasn't exclusively a traditional homemaker, wife, mother, hostess, but she also wasn't a modern professional career woman. She was in between all of those things, and she was an equal partner in that. And they praised her to a degree, but then up until 1980, you know, it's it's hard to imagine today, but the press, particularly the female uh, journalists in the press, and uh, the uh, feminists were quite critical of her. And it wasn't until then... When she started to electioneer a lot more, you started to see mm-hmm. her out a lot more campaigning, especially after they had the shakeup in 1979, right after the Malay speech yes. that Carter gave. They yes. had a staff turnover, and she was the first administration official that actually went out and, and uh, talked to the press. She had a lot better of a relationship with the press at that time. They her, they hired a man by the name of Gerald Rafshoon Ref, to be... <laughs> to be their advertising executive for the campaign. And she actually joked with the press at that time. She 
you could tell that she had really matured a lot. She blossomed so in the role. L- let me ask you a question, Stephen, about this because we, you know, we did a, lo- a, a long tribute to Rosalind Carter last night. Who, who is, in your opinion, and I want to ask this of, of Keith Price as well, who is the classiest first lady? Of your lifetime. I know we can't say of all time. Dolly Madison has it. She was the hottest, I know. But who is the, the classiest or most elegant first lady of, of, of your lifetime? Of mine? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, not, I don't, wouldn't say anybody in my lifetime, but I would say as far really? as... Really? Uh, Michelle Obama? Rosalind Carter? We've had some classy ones. Michelle Obama was attractive, and she certainly had a, a very clear sense of priority in her life. She was um, played many a roles. Rosalind Carter was attractive, too. Uh-huh. I wouldn't necessarily use the word class, though, to describe them. I'd say they were salt of the earth. Oh, I would I say Rosalind Carter was a lot of class. I really would. Well, that's, I mean, we have a difference of opinion on that. I would actually say that Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis was the one who really was more like Her Majesty of the United States. I actually loved Mrs. Kennedy. I think that she also was controversial in her day. I know, I love, I love how the Reagan people used to always compare Nancy to her. That was say, hilarious. Well, Jackie Kennedy got, Jackie Kennedy was accused of being, um, she, she by the xenophobe, she was accused of being Matahari during the That's right. Cold War because she traveled abroad. Me, you know, let me bring oh, Keith yeah. into this because Keith, I want to ask you: Did you have you have a favorite first lady of your lifetime? Uh, I was going to say Michelle Obama. Yeah, and, she's mine. I was, you know, because um, the other ones, I mean, you know, Hillary Clinton. Eh. I, was just, I mean, I, I mean, Rosalind Carter, you know, like she's 90 building houses for Habitat for Humanity. You're on my all star squad you know, forever. Right. I, but I'd say Michelle Obama was, um, you know, I, I would say I understand people who love Jackie Kennedy's uh, uh, elegance and, and classiness. I think Michelle Obama was the, the only hot first lady. Uh, or at least the first hot first lady for me. And then, of course, Melania Trump is probably my my favorite because um, she's going to be so awesome to watch when Trump dies. So, I mean, I, you know, but I'll, I'll put her as well. That's that's I still think she's a red sparrow, but that's just my. my opinion. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to just. I wanted to just chime in, too. I think there's also a difference here, though, when you would historians also talk about, you know, Jackie was a very influential first lady. But in terms of first ladies who were powerful and influential, she was not. You know, you think of a powerful and influential first lady, particularly from last century, Eleanor mm-hmm. Roosevelt. Sure. Um, Lady Bird Jackie, Johnson. J- Jackie Rosalind Kennedy only Carter. had she had two and a half years. She only had two and a half years as first lady. Well, no, right? I'm talking. No, what I'm talking about is that as far as being the president's equal partner in terms of actually having a lot of influence on policy, Jackie did right. not have a lot of influence Correct. on policy. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about Mary Todd Lincoln. Uh, yeah. Edith, Edith Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, uh, Nancy Reagan, Florence Harding, those women, right. uh, also uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton. But all, but I don't know so much about Dr. Biden's influence if she has a lot of influence on her husband or not. It, it's I think though. I wanted to also mention about Kennedy. Well, I got I got to run, Stephen. I got I have seven thousand people on hold, but I really, well, I just really wanted to mention one thing about the Kennedy assassination. Oh, I'll let you I'll let you say one thing in this call. Okay, go ahead, really quick, please, please. Well, I think it's important for people to remember, too, that prior to the assassination, 
uh, Jackie, um, her relationship with the white glove matrons of the country was not good. They had a love-hate relationship, but when that happened, the white glove matrons finally made peace with her after she was uh, her husband wow. was murdered right in I'll front bet of her. She was eyes. so relieved by that. Well, I, she didn't give a damn about it, obviously. Exactly. But at the same time, I think in historical purpose, I think it helped her. You know, kind of, it gave her more a little bit more solace because of what she had been through. You know, seeing her husband is the victim of tragedy and what have you. But they really, I will give them both credit. They were were going there to heal their relationship. Too. Right on. They were tr- they were trying to, and I just wanted to emphasize that. Thank you, Stephen. I'm going to go back and heal my relationship with Keith now, but I thank you so much for the call. 866-997-4748, 866-997-GRIT. Keith, what, what do you do when you, when you have to go to Thanksgiving and, and you're going to see that right-wing loved one? You're going to see that, that cousin who can't spell your correctly. You're going to see that <laughs> uncle with the MAGA thing. What, 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 do, what do you do, Keith? Like, I, I'm a big believer in avoiding conflict at Thanksgiving. Don't try to slam dunk them and win. Try to handle yeah. them and look like a classy person in front of your family. Well, I believe that if you're if you are in the situation where family members are going to come at you this way, then you really shouldn't be at their place. Like just <laughs> just Good point. I, honestly, you really shouldn't tax your soul with having to be bothered with folks that are really going to do nothing but but you know how it is your 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 parents are getting older you don't want to not be with them on thanksgiving but you got to see your sister and that fucking guy she married and so you got to do the maga thing yeah but i mean but again you could you could see them you could hang out with them but you know you know who you're talking to and you know what you're dealing with and the idea that they're going to provoke you to have to defend yourself it's like, well, if you provoke me, then I'm just going to say what I need to say. And so that's if that's if and, and if that hurts your feelings or gets you mad or gets you swollen or you can't believe I said that, <laughs> then understand that you have poked the bear, the bear. Like, you know, you're the best intention for the person who has to worry about that is to go in with no intention. Like yes. you just go in, you want to have the potato salad that, you know, somebody made, you, although you should ask first, um, you may, you may want to get the stuffing from somebody, you know, like <laughs> go in and enjoy the, go in and enjoy the Thanksgiving for what it is really about, which is being in a room full of people that you may or may not be able to stand. That's but the, it. Catering, the catering is amazing. And so, <laughs> you know, so enjoy. I'm the just still stuck on someone got, got me swollen. That's you. You, you stopped me with that. <laughs> one i'm i'm using that for a long time hey really quick before our break norm in tampa thank you for waiting on hold you're on with keith price happy thanksgiving norm what's up hey happy thanksgiving you know i had a lot of issues talking about but you know it reminds me i was in the fifth grade when during the kennedy assassination you were huh wow i was i was i I remember when kennedy got elected i remember that there was uh there was the race between nixon and and Kennedy and my father uh, voted for Nixon um, primarily because it, it was this was the first time he was able to vote because my parents had come from uh, had, were from Panama so they oh, wow. got citizenship and they went and he was so happy to vote and stuff like that and mm-hmm. then I remember that that I was a news I was actually in the fifth grade I had a newspaper route and then, and people I can remember people. Uh, you know, we pulled up in our 
bikes with our bags full of papers. You know, people were standing outside waiting for their for their uh, for the newspaper. That's how you got mm-hmm. your news and stuff. And the one thing that was unique was that usually the radio, the television station, right in Detroit, there were four stations. There was ABC. CBC, NBC, and there was the Canadian Broadcasting Station. Okay. We got that, too. But it was the first time that the the station went from, uh, like, they usually cut off around 11 o'clock or 12. Mm -hmm. They played all night long, all the way up until the 25th of uh, November. Uh, 24th, it was like 24, whatever, I mean, 5, whatever that was. So that was there. And uh, the thing that was so... um, yeah, and I remember, you know, we were watching television, and, uh-huh. and Oswald was coming out of this police uh, the police station, and then, bam! You were uh, watching it live, huh? You saw it live when oh, it happened? Oh, yeah, I saw that live. Amazing, amazing. And, uh, and uh, we also saw where, yeah, I remember Miss Kennedy, when they brought her husband back from... Uh, from this, uh, uh, you know, it was it was such a shock. I mean, it was Keith, like, we missed out on so much. Back. We missed out on so much being Gen X kids, Keith. Oh, man. It was, it was just so, it was, it was a shocker. I mean, I, in, I was in a library at, I remember, Pastor School, Detroit, Michigan, and then someone said, hey, the president had been shot. And when we got upstairs, there were televisions in the school. We went there, yeah. and Walter Cronkite said the president had died. Wow. And uh, you remember so vividly. Norm, we got to hit our break. I'm so sorry, but thank you for sharing that with us. I'm very glad I wasn't alive for that moment, and I wish you a wonderful Thanksgiving. Keith, can you stay with us uh, through the break? I can hang out. Great. I'll tell you all my memories of where I was when Leif Garrett died. We're at 866-997-GRIT. We'll be right back. This is Progress. Keith, I want to remind all the folks out there, we have some great programming for Thanksgiving weekend. We're going to be bringing back some of our favorite recent interviews and this great channel-wide specials all Thanksgiving weekend long. Um, Keith, I got to say one thing, though, if you don't mind. Uh, I I want to leave our listeners with a little tribute. Today's the anniversary of Donald Trump releasing that image of himself with his head superimposed over Sylvester Stallone's body from the poster of Rocky (laughs) three. You remember where that, and it was great because insecure white men who worship standards of masculinity, they will never achieve and have pathetic delusion about what strength looks like that makes them act mean and look silly. Like Donald Trump literally put out a stolen masculinity poster, like a stolen election. Um, I will, I will say though, uh, Donald Trump and Rocky might have a few things in common not good at reading uh possible brain injuries i will say this uh rocky had three coaches right rocky had mickey then apollo then duke trump's had three wives three chiefs of staff and three campaign managers keith really quick this is the subtle differences between donald trump and rocky are you ready number one rocky balboa fought against corrupt russians Not for them. He didn't actually take a check. Uh, Rocky wasn't born with a gold belt around his waist and grew up thinking he'd earned it. That's a difference. Uh, Rocky had pets. 
Trump owns women. Um, when Rocky walked little Marie home, he didn't expect a quid pro quo. When Rocky's wife entered a coma, people around her were able to tell. Also, uh, Donald Trump's boxing gloves are much tinier than Rocky Balboa's. When Rocky tried to get the crown, he didn't try to become champ by questioning Apollo Creed's birthplace. Also, Rocky knew how to get around his own hometown on foot. Donald Trump can't do that. Rocky went to church. Uh, Rocky was able to train the son of his black friend because he had black friends. Finally, the biggest difference between Trump and Rocky, Rocky Balboa's wife did not want to see him get beaten up and Rocky had a sequel. <laughs> there you go. The subtle differences between Donald Trump and Rocky Balboa. <laughs> Keith, you what are, are you <laughs> what are you thankful for, my friend, this holiday season? What is what are you giving gratitude for at a time when we're all at each other's throats? I am giving gratitude to the fact that I have some gainful employment that has allowed me to bounce back from what has been a very intense year. And yes. I am just for those, for those who don't know, for those who don't know, Keith has gone through a really dramatic life change, ended a long relationship, moved out of the home he knew and has really been rebuilding his entire life. And I mean, and, and yet you still find time to come here and make our show better. Oh, well, it's just nice to have some place to just come to anywhere, someplace. No, but but, you know, I'm, I'm just really thankful to you. And I'm thankful for the friends that I have in my, my circle that yeah. really have rallied around to protect me and save me and help me and do things for me. And and I'm now slowly getting into a position to where I, you know, like I said, I, I was uh, an auctioneer for my friend's gala event last week yes yes and that was you know she's the friend that was you know one of the people that was there for me so it's like when she asked me she was like i i just didn't know because you know you i know you're a comedian and i just didn't want to just impede and i was like how could i ever say no to you like are you kidding (laughs) (laughs) and then it's for these kids with special needs come on man Well, Keith, I am always grateful to have uh, to have this gig on this particular channel with our wonderful audience and podcast listeners and live listeners and callers. Eh, callers, not so much. Uh, and of course, the best production team in radio. Thank you, Chris and Thea and everyone at SiriusXM Progress. Thank you, Sean Bertolo, all the other hosts. And thank you to our regular guests, just like you, Mr. Keith Price. Thanks for making my job a lot better and making New York City a lot better, too. Folks, have a wonderful Thanksgiving this year. We don't give thanks. We choose it. Peace.